Welcome back to another episode of Square State Sandlot Podcast. Got Kyle joining me here, and I am your host, Bill Montoya. We're going to start with a somber note, and this was something that absolutely devastated my world yesterday. And those of you that have been watching us for a while have seen we've had Taryn on twice so far. Taryn Christensen, a good friend of mine from, from the elementary days. And we've stayed in touch for going on 20-something years now. So it is with a heavy heart that I have to announce that he passed away unexpectedly on Thursday, or sorry, Wednesday. And... It's really tough for me because of what Taryn meant to me, especially moving to Alpine, Utah. We were one of, I don't know, two non-Mormon families in in Alpine, Utah. And it was tough for me to make friends there with, with everyone knowing, you know, I don't go to that church or whatever. Um, and Taryn's family was just so gracious. They took me in as one of their own. I mean, we spent almost every weekend together and, and some weekdays. And so it's just tough knowing that his family is going through this again. Obviously, they lost Todd, his dad, a few years back. And now going through this again with, with Taryn, who is, you know, their brother, their son, cousin, uncle, and just one of the best humans I've ever seen on this planet. So pretty tough. I'm, I'm very grateful that we got to talk to him twice and have him on this podcast because now I've got that video to, to go back to all these times where I get to see him interacting. And last night I spent a good chunk of my, my evening just reflecting on all the things that we did together and how blessed I was to have him in my life. So Taryn, I'm going to miss you, brother. Um, hope, hope you're partying up there with your dad. I'm, I'm sure you are happy to see him. So tell him I said hi. And when I see you again, I'm, I'm sure it'll be a good time. So with that being said, Kyle, I know you only met him a couple of times, but any words you wanted to say about Taryn? Um, that's all I can really say is I, I didn't know him for very long. Um, he was a pleasure to talk to. Um, I loved his positivity. I still, um, you know, even in moments, you know, of, of him doubting himself, we'd speak on the, on social media a little bit. And I, I don't even think he realized truly how inspirational he was to a lot of people. Um, both, you know, I mean, on, on so many fronts for anybody dealing with or, or going through any kind of struggle to, um, I mean, he's an extremely fit person. I mean, he was a monster in the gym. Um, I don't know. I just, he was, he's one of those people you meet and you, you'll never forget meeting him. He was absolutely just a treat to be around. I love talking to him on here. I love talking to him on, on social media. I wish, I wish I got to know him more, um, but frankly, I'm, I'm just super thankful that I even got to know him and I know you and I know the way you speak of him. So, I mean, he's one of the good ones and I just, I'm still in shock about it, but I, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm blessed to have known him in any capacity. Yeah. 
no, he was one of a kind and his whole family, like I said, just absolutely great people. He leaves behind, you know, three brothers, his mom. So just praying for them, hoping that they get through this time. I know it's going to be very difficult for them and I'm hoping I can make it up there and, and make it to his funeral so I can pass these thoughts along to them. And yeah, so moving on from, from those words, um, why don't you get to your pirates and, and then I'll follow up with the A stuff. Okay. Um, we just hit the all-star break, obviously, you know, break in place. There's not a ton of, of pirate news. Um, but the one, the one, I guess, headline we had was David Bednar got to make his first all-star appearance ever. Um, local kid out of Mars PA playing for the, uh, playing for the pirates. So it's pretty special. Um, and he got to play, uh, he got to pitch the ninth inning, um, three outs, no runs, looked great. Uh, really good moment for him. I just wish in the bottom of the ninth that the um, batters would have been able to give him a couple runs because they ended up losing three to two and he would have had the win, an all-star win. So that would have been special. It still was very special. He played well, um, a good cap to the first half of a season. So, um, I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of, of Bednar. He's, I mean, he's everything Pittsburgh, and I don't mean the team. I mean the city. So, it's it's pretty special. So, yeah, I I didn't get to watch that live. I did go back and and watch the condensed version of that game, and I was very impressed with defense in particular. There's a couple of plays on the AL side, turned a uh, double yeah. play. I think it was the second second inning. Really good baseball, and it's it's great to see that because a lot of these sports leagues, when when they have their all star events, it's it's almost unwatchable. So it's great to see these guys go out and compete in the home run derby for one, and then obviously the the all star game um, where they're actually competing against each other, and it means something to them. So love to see that. And and speaking of, I mean, Paul Blackburn pitched a, a gem. He only threw one inning. He actually ended up having to get four outs because of an error. So uh, just shut him down real quick in, in order. And I thought he was in line for the win. So I'm not really sure why he didn't get that. But I was really confused by that also. Um, I'm still not following how that split happened. But yeah. And then <laughs> just one quick note on the, the story of him flying to the All-Star game with the Astros. There's little bit of information that came in afterwards. Um, the reason why that made sense for him to do that was because the Astros were sending five representatives from their team plus some coaching staff. So it, it would have been a tough sell to put Paul Blackburn on a charter flight all by himself. Um, so that's why they were going to plan on putting him on a commercial flight. But then the offer came in from the Astros and Obviously, that made sense since they were leaving from the same place and, and going to the same place. So hat tip to the Astros. That'll probably be the last time you hear me say that. But glad they got Paul Blackburn there safely. And they just kicked off their uh, homestand after the All-Star break. They had a doubleheader against the Detroit Tigers. Lost the first one, 7-2. to It was a lot closer than that, but got away from them in the eighth and the ninth inning. So uh, Logue pitched pretty well, but... Didn't I mean he held him to two runs earned and one and three three total, 
one was an unearned run. So tough to catch a, a loss on when you're giving up, you know, two earned runs, but that's what happened. And then in the second game, uh, Montas started. He was throwing absolute heat. I mean, you could tell he was trying to put his best show out there for, for someone to come and get him. So he, he touched 98 several times through three innings. Uh, no setbacks there. They just wanted to be cautious and, and getting him back, working him back into that starting role. So he looked amazing. And then Sean Murphy absolutely teed off today on on a yeah, breaking ball. I, th I think he's looking to get out of town too. So I'm interested to see what trades happen. Obviously, we talked about Juan Soto. Uh, Frankie Montas, I think, is probably the best starting pitcher available. Uh, A's have Trevino that they have to dangle out there as a potential bullpen candidate. So a lot of things going on, and it's it's about to get crazy because there's about there's a little over a week before the trade deadline, probably close to 10 days or so. So it's it, things are about to heat up, and I'm excited to see what the A's do to, to improve the team going forward. So, Yeah, it's uh, I mean, it's always interesting for us come trade deadline time. Um, with the way obviously the rebuild's gone, but supposedly um, Daniel Vogelback is already linked to the Mets. Um, we'll see if anything comes out of that. Uh, um, Jose Quintana is probably going to be the first big move we make. I'm sure someone will pick him up as a pitcher. Uh, he's had a hell of a season, a bit of a resurgence. So I think he'll move. We got Ben Gamble, a couple other players that might I mean it just depends on what we can get for them but I want to start seeing us make these trades for contributors not projects so we'll see yep. uh see where that goes close to the deadline so you're saying you're getting soda <laughs> not likely <laughs> <laughs> I don't think your owner will like that half a billion no. price tag no. um okay anything else you had um MLB wise before we move on? No, pretty, pretty quiet for the all-star break. Well, I mean, it'll start picking back up here, but we play tomorrow. So moving on to national football league, we have the Raiders actually started camp today because they have a new head coach. So that allows them to start essentially a week early before other teams. Um, they reported to camp. Everyone was there. Uh, other than I think there was a couple guys that were on the pop list. I think it was um, now now it's slipping me. But anyway, most of the contributors are are there and healthy. Uh, Denzel Good, he was he reported to camp and was able to clear, so he's full participant. And he actually is on a restructured deal, which helps the team save probably two million in cap space. Uh, Kenyon Drake was also healthy, which was surprising to me after that knee injury he had somewhat late yeah. in the year. Um, and they were both cleared. So that's great news for both of them and also for the team. A uh, couple guys that did report and but are seeking new contracts, and that is Darren Waller and Denzel Perryman. They both earned new contracts, I, I would say. So I'm guessing that's what some of this restructuring is doing is, is – to pay these guys that they want to keep around. Um, also, still rumors flying around about Dominican Sue. I don't know if anything's going to happen with that, but I'm still hopeful either him or Daryl Williams. So until 
they sign elsewhere, I'm going to be pounding that table. So, Absolutely. I mean, that's an immediate upgrade, immediate impact for your defense. I don't blame you. Um, it's, it's always nice when you can get it to camp early. Um, I mean, turnover at the head coach position, maybe not such a great thing, but um, I actually really do like that they offer that. Uh, when we get to camp and get it figured out as far as the Steelers, um, I mean, nothing really new on that front other than by the end of camp, we'll for sure know the quarterback situation. I'm still convinced Trubisky will be week one starter. Um, but honestly, the, the biggest thing I want to see for us out of camp is the wide receiver position. Um, Deontay Johnson's going to be a stud regardless, but I need – I really want to see Chase Claypool step up and return to his rookie year. Um, last year was a bit of a letdown, and with Juju walking, we need somebody to step up in that number two role. Um, I just, it's got to happen. So I'm really looking forward to seeing him make a jump in camp. But uh, biggest thing, quarterback situation, and we'll see where we end up. And you're still leaning towards Trubisky week one, you said. Oh, absolutely. I, I think he's earned it. I think he's earned the right to start week one. And it sounds like the team's behind him as well. It's his job to lose. And then you add in the fact that they're not in a hurry with uh, Kenny Pickett. They've already said that they'll bring him on uh, slow. All that combined, Mason Rudolph's not going to push for the starting job. So in my eyes, that all just basically locks in Trubisky week one. Yep. And we'll see where it goes from there. Yeah, and I found it pretty interesting where a lot of the or all the people, the talking heads, have you guys ranked in terms of where they think you'll finish. Um, yeah. There's some that are thinking, you know, Trubisky's going to do well and lead you guys in the playoffs. There's some that are not putting you guys in the playoffs. So pretty widespread on on opinions there, and I think that's kind of the same with the the Raiders. Obviously, they have an improved team, but they aren't the deepest team. So that's well, probably of some of your guys' issues too is, is depth. And then obviously offensive line, quarterback positions are a little unsettled. So we'll get some more clarity as camps get in, and, and that's what I'm excited for. Um, one note of of significance, and that is Kyler Murray or Calamari. However, no, I was going to say, you got to say it right. <laughs> however you choose to address him. He got paid today. Um and now I think we can officially say that he made the right choice in going to football. Um, up to this point, I mean, he didn't have much guaranteed other than his rookie deal. So this set kind of a, a strange precedence for me in, in that he still had two years left on his rookie deal. I know it happened for Josh Allen, but Josh Allen, I has, it. yeah, he's playing out of this league and Kyler Murray has been good, but he hasn't been great. So it's kind of surprising to me, but they gave him, a five-year extension on top of the two years he's still locked up with $160 million guaranteed. I think it was 230 total of possible money. Yeah, so it's a big one. What do you think yeah, about I'm, that? I know you aren't sold on him quite so much, but do you think I, he can I, I will turn leave, into that? I will leave my opinion of him outside because I've made myself abundantly clear on how I feel about Kyler Murray, but I am so tired of this happening. I don't know why they sign contracts at this point. Like just stop doing contracts and just pay them a wage and they'll show up. 
because no contract means anything anymore. The player now has enough power to push their way out of a contract. Um, I mean, the teams have ways to get out of them. I mean, your rookie contract used to mean your rookie contract. And then the year before and or later, it would get worked out because you, it's, a, it's a prove it deal. Yeah. And I know that there's guys that come in and make a huge impact right away. And we'll call it a Josh Allen. He's been competitive um, upwards towards a Super Bowl, basically, since he took the helm. Um, Kyler Murray cannot say that. I don't even like playoff game. And yeah. Granted, they were overmatched. The Rams were on top of him the entire game. But, I mean, he had two picks, <laughs> I think, less than 50% completion. Uh, the, the other yards. side of it, though, the other side of it that I hate is it's, and I, this is going to be a little bit extreme possibly, but I look at a lot of these guys as toddlers. Um, basically, Kyler Murray threw a tantrum and you rewarded him with a giant contract. Yeah. And what they don't realize, it's just like the Deshaun Watson, or maybe they realize and don't care. It's just like the Deshaun Watson contract. His $160 million guaranteed in that is directly impacted by the Deshaun Watson contract. Yep. And everything is going to snowball. So these well, contracts are going to be ridiculous now. You're never going to have players stay with the same team. It's always going to be who can do this, who can do that. It's... I just don't like what it does for the landscape. But. I am glad to see that at least not. They didn't give him $250 million guaranteed. They gave right, him 160 right. So at least we don't have that where it's, you know. Fully guaranteed. Fully guaranteed, which I think that would actually be a solution in, in fully guaranteeing these contracts. Then you wouldn't have to put the inflated numbers on there, and you could just pay the guys – if they want to get paid, they got to show up. And I think that would solve a lot of the things that you don't like about them. And I think it would solve That's a lot fair. of the things that the players don't like about them. So if if we're going to do that and, you know, you want guys to, to show up and, and play, then you can't have these last two years of their contracts looming over them where they don't have guaranteed money. Because then yep. they know, well, I mean, if they cut me, it's not going to hurt them. And it is going to hurt me because I don't. Then I don't get paid. So that's why you have these guys throwing these tantrums and not wanting to be on the team anymore. So I think guaranteed money in baseball solves that problem. I mean, obviously, players still get traded and things like that. And I actually forgot to bring up a note that I saw. There's some rumors swirling around that the Angels may trade Shohei Otani or Mike Trout. So that would be interesting. I also, but, yeah. I was just going to say that they had Noah on there, too. Um, I mean, literally dealing anybody. But. Yeah. And that's that's where I think, at least in the NFL, if you gave those guaranteed contracts, I don't think the dollar amount would have to be as high per year. Um, and I think it would no, it, fix a lot of these issues with holdouts and things like that. Because at that point, if they don't show up, they don't get paid. Teams can't just rip up the contracts in the last two years and then they don't get any money. So I think that would be yep. actually a decent solution to that problem. Um, still haven't heard on Deshaun Watson. You did bring him up. Uh, it seems like, you know, we keep getting days where we're supposed to have resolution and it just keeps getting pushed back further and further. We already have teams starting training camp. So it seems like now is 
now is the time to announce this, and they'll probably do it tomorrow because they typically tend to drop bad news on a Friday, so it kind of disappears into the weekend. So yeah. if if I were to guess, I think the Browns start training camp next week. So I think if, if we're going to get something, it might come tomorrow. So keep an eye out for that. But they did sign a backup plan, so to speak. Who you got? Uh, yeah, the Browns picked up Josh Rosen. It's a one-year deal, which any other season, it would not even hit anyone's radar. But the timing of it, to me, it sounds like they're planning on not having him for who knows how long. Um, I don't like that the the time frame that keeps coming up seems to keep getting shorter. Um, I've heard as little as six to eight weeks um, here recently. So, yeah. Oh man, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting if they don't um, if they don't handle this, I guess, with with correctly. Um, yeah, it's it's gonna blow up pretty big. And I'm interested to see where they land on it. But Yeah, and that's where yeah, I think the league wants to go for that indefinite so they can do the full year and then uh, gauge the public outrage and then go from there. But absolutely, it, it sounds like Deshaun Watson's camp is fighting for a an actual amount oh, yeah. of games versus indefinite. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I I would be shocked if they go less than a year, but at the same time, the way that they've treated some of these problems in the past, it wouldn't surprise me at all. So yeah. I don't know where I land on it. I mean, obviously if he's paying off all these people there, there's probably something there. So I feel like anything less than a year, especially when you're suspending a guy for betting on sports for an entire year. I mean, it would feel like a slap in the face. So, yeah. Josh Rosen, I, I am excited. If he at least gets a an opportunity out of this, he started with Arizona. After one year, they draft Kyler Murray instead of him, or to replace him, ship him off to Miami. Then they draft Tua. I mean, it's just been an endless streak of him not, not really having a, a shot to make it. And maybe he really is that bad, but if he gets a, a shot to at least prove it, that that's exciting for me, so... Uh, a couple other quarter, well, I guess one other quarterback that I've seen a lot of news about lately is Jimmy Garoppolo. Sounds like his shoulder injury is cleared now. Um, he his agent has been get granted permission to seek a trade now that he's has his shoulder cleared and is getting closer to training camp. So, of the available teams that are looking for a quarterback, where where do you see him landing, if anywhere, or do you think the Niners just hold on to him? Oh man, um, this one's really tough, and I'm gonna. It's not that I don't like Jimmy G, but I've never been sold on him. Um, even when his, you know, his Patriot days, whole nine yards, I was never sold on him. Um, I honestly think, and I talked about this in a previous podcast that. <laughs> I feel like he's going to be the next Fitz Matt, uh, Fitzpatrick. Um, I think his best bet would be going somewhere. And as much as I hate to say it, like somewhere like a Jacksonville and mentoring somebody, or maybe he stays and does that, um, you know, in, in San Francisco, I don't know. Um, I just, I don't think that he 
draws that QB one interest from enough teams. And I don't see a team that needs him. I don't see a team that wants him right now. Um, I think there's a role for him in the NFL. And I mean, I've talked about it a million times. Fitzpatrick was absolutely amazing. There was maybe no one better as a backup quarterback. You didn't want him as a starter. He wasn't going to carry you for your season, but he could come in and win games off the, off the bench. So I don't know. That's, that's kind of what I see for him and his future is mentoring younger guys and, you know, be it a Jacksonville or even somewhere like Chicago. Um, I don't know. So someplace with one of these young guys, maybe the jets, I don't know somewhere. Yeah. Jets make a lot of sense to me as, as a backup. Um, I think the thing that's hurting him the worst is his salary that he's set to make yeah. this this season. It's the last year of his Pretty contract, inflated. and he's I think twenty seven million something like that. So it's kind of tough to have him as a backup plan. But again, coming off shoulder surgery, I don't know that anyone really has him as a QB one right now. Uh, a team that makes a lot of sense to me that I think are a lot closer than people think is the Lions but I don't know if they could get out of the the Jared Goff contract or, or how that would work if maybe some of that money cancels it out. Yeah, I don't know. I I think the Lions would be great. I'm, I mean, I, I really think he'd be great on the Seahawks as well, but I don't think the Niners necessarily want to send him to a division rival, uh, yeah. especially without knowing for sure that Trey Lance is ready. Although it sounds like they're warming to that situation with, with being willing to trade Jimmy. So a couple other places. Yeah. I mean, as a backup, maybe I I thought the Browns made a lot of sense if they were thinking um, Watson was going to be out a year, but I think this Rosen signing maybe eliminates them from the, from the race there. So I, I love that Lions pairing. I really do because he's an upgrade over Goff. And I didn't if he think about it, the Lions. That'd be interesting. Yeah, if, he, if he proves it, I think they could look at him as a potentially long-term answer. So I know they just drafted. Who did they draft at quarterback? Oh, man. Real quick. Lions. Trying to see. I can't quickly. remember which one they snagged. Oh, for God's sake. Detroit Lions. Apparently, Lions.com is not the Detroit Lions. <laughs> yeah, I actually really, I mean, glass half full kind of guy right now. Um, talk about what a feel-good story that would be if somebody like Jimmy G went to the Lions and even had a 500 season. Um, yeah. That would be huge for that fan base, huge for Campbell. Uh, I, they still retained him, right? He's still coaching? Uh, I hope so. Yes. Yes, he is. I like, uh, I like Campbell, but. D- doesn't look like they did draft anyone. It shows three quarterbacks I, I on the death s- chart, and they all have four, five, and seven years of experience. So, no, I think he would be an instant upgrade over golf, and obviously he's got that winning culture from San Francisco and New England 
uh, pair that with a coach like they have that the guys are just willing to fight for. I think that would be fantastic. Plus, I think they're a, a very improved team. They had one of the better drafts in in all of the NFL on paper. So, huh? They didn't take a quarterback. Interesting. And then you have just a quick note on NHL. Yeah, I mean it's it's not a huge thing. It's more of a personal thing. Um, Kasperi Kapanen is a player that I've really, really enjoyed. He's got an insane amount of speed. Last year was a bit rough for him. Um, I was worried that we would move on from him, especially with all the other moves we have going on. Um, but we were able to lock him in on, I believe, a two-year, six-million uh, contract. So it's it's pretty it's pretty friendly contract, and I still think he has a ton of upside. And I would really like to see him turn the corner. Plus. I think maybe sometimes he has a bit of a confidence issue. So I think maybe the, the team offering this and saying, we still think you can, you know, turn this around. I'm hoping that has a huge impact on him. Um, he's kind of a feel good story. Cause we actually drafted him um, way back when, and then, you know, he never made it up to the NHL with us and ended up playing elsewhere. So bringing him back was kind of a, you know, feel good story, I guess, returning to where he was drafted. So I've, I've, I really want him to work out and I really like his style. Cause when he's, when he's on, he is scoring goals and he is fast and he makes everybody else on the ice look slow. Um, some of it's decision-making either way. I just, I'm really happy that we're retaining him. And uh, like I mentioned on the last one, I still think we have one more big, big move looming. Um, I'm not sure what it's going to be, but we have way too many pieces and I think we'll make a move for somebody, but we'll see what happens. All right. Anything else you had before we jump off? No, I don't think so. Other than, uh, we're halfway there for, for baseball. Um, a lot will be said probably for both of our teams, uh, this second half. Uh, we'll see what happens, see what the trade deadline looks like and, I don't know. I hope we put it together, both of us. Yeah, yeah. I think first half is definitely going to be better than this. Or second half is going to be better than the first half for the A's. Uh, even with the trades, I, I don't see them at losing at at a you know record pace in terms of our our team. So I think they'll turn things around. They've already started to win. July they already have more wins than they did in June, and we're. Still got a week plus in the in the month. So looking up at least, a lot of guys starting up to play better ball and, and just starting to gel as a team. Uh, and then just one last note, we'll probably have some emergency pod here soon, I'm guessing, if if the Angels trade Otani or Trout or something crazy yeah, we're like gonna that. Have but, to. <laughs> uh, we, we would like you guys to, as always, follow us, subscribe. Uh, we're, we're on all the favorite uh, podcast platforms we're on youtube just as always we'd love to have some feedback and again just gonna miss taryn so hope you guys I'm, I'm gonna repost that that episode at some point so you guys can go back and watch it we had him back on i think it was may so just to see a, a quick insight to who he was as a person if anyone missed it so watch for that to come up this weekend or something like that so Thank you guys for tuning in as always, and we'll, we'll catch you on the next one.